I Belong Philly friends, welcome to I Belong Voices. We are here to elevate the immigrant voices and share free sources to a better life in the city of Philadelphia. We are I Belong Philly members. Welcome to our fifth episode. Let's talk about immigrant laws. With this episode, we want to understand more challenges that we as immigrants are still facing with immigration laws and how to overcome them. Hello again, I Belong friends. I am Margarita from Colombia, proudly I Belong member. And today I have the honor to be your host. And also I am accompanied by eight more I Belong members that you will know throughout the episode. Thank you so much for listening to us. And our first segment is called, Did You Know? It's presented by Lady. Come on, Lady. Hello, I Belong friends. I'm Lady. I'm a proud member of I Belong Philly. Did you know? The Philadelphia City ID provides a secure and affordable photo identification card for anyone living in Philadelphia age 13 and older. The card helps create a more welcoming Philadelphia that embraces everyone who lives here. It is especially beneficial for those who have a hard time obtaining other forms of identification because of costs or other barriers. Residents can use the Philadelphia City ID as an identification within Philadelphia to sign into schools and city buildings, to access recreation centers, to interact with a law enforcement official for other situations where they need identification. And the card does not authorize anyone to drive, travel, or enter federal buildings. so much i would love to introduce uh today the interview segment uh i'll be sharing this segment with another i belong member monica hi monica please introduce yourself hi i'm monica molina from colombia and i joined to i belong in 2020 we are going to interview eric barragan he's an accredited representative with catholic social services of the archdiocese of philadelphia Immigration Legal Services Office. He was recently selected by Aldia as one of the 2021 40 under 40 honoree. He has a law degree from La Barra Nacional de Abogados in Mexico City with a master's in law, specializing in Mexican constitutional law and human rights. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much for joining us today. Eric, do you mind to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, my name is Eric Barragan Ramirez. I was born in Mexico City in December, uh, in December 1985. I have been here since in Philadelphia. Well, not in Philly, in the Pennsylvania area since 2017. I get up getting here in April. And for me, it has been a really interesting journey to adapt myself as an immigrant and to look for a job that allowed me to use kind of like my law practice and expertise in translated in, into the United States, which is kind of hard because uh, my law degree doesn't, uh, doesn't adapt to this juridic system. So the way that I had to find a job is to get accredited by the Department of Justice so I can give legal advice in a nonprofit organization. The first time that I did that was on Esperanza Immigration Legal Services from Esperanza in North Philadelphia. But then I had the chance to start working here at Catholic Social Services. Catholic Social Services is a nonprofit that have a lot of different branches like housing and 
social services, as the name says. But I am in the immigration legal services area. I am also an accredited representative here. We focus mostly on family immigration, but we also do victims of violence, asylum and refugee cases. There are some few uh, court cases that we take here, and it will take, the type of cases is really, really varies depending on the client, but we usually focus in helping the people who is in the most of, uh, most of need. Uh, thank you, Eric, for sharing uh, your interesting background and all your journey moving to USA. Could you please talk more in detail about your work uh, at the Catholic Social Service Office? As I mentioned, I am an accredited representative. That's something really important. What is an accredited representative? There is a program from the Department of Justice that allows certain individuals to give legal advice under the accreditation of the Department of Justice. In order to get that, the, the organization needs to be accredited itself. The organization, for example, in this case, Catholic Social Services, is an accredited organization uh, that is allowed to have our great representatives here. Uh, when I came from Esperanza, my focus was mostly in citizenship cases. You know, uh, that was my main focus, and I worked with a lot of DACA kids back in Esperanza. During Catholic Social Services, I got the chance to work a lot more with family immigration and with family petitions. I believe it's a it's a, journey, a long journey. And the people came, and it's like a, something kind of systemic. The people came into the United States through a, a family petition, then or any other visa or program that they can get a green card. Then uh, once they get to the city, well, they get their citizenships, they file for their relatives. Well, there are different kind of cases. We file something called usually an I-130 that is the petition for the alien relative. The alien is the word that we use yeah, for yeah. immigrants in general. The whole thing is the petitions, uh, the time, the wait time from the petitions vary from one year to almost 15 years, depending who are you filing for. Usually for an American relative, uh, there is no such a long wait time, but if you are you a citizen want to file for his brother, it takes like 15 years. So it, it takes different times, uh, but uh, in the end, everything gets, a, well, everything gets their process and it's like a, it's interesting. It's like a long journey and it's, it's quite satisfying. Uh, to see uh, a person that wait for 15 years to file for a brother uh, to get here. So it is an interesting journey. Another thing that I had the chance to participate is like uh, with women victims of violence. This kind of case is called BAWAS popularly. It's for battered spouses. Uh, it's not only women, it's also for men, but it's the problem I think was created for women mostly. For other spouses of uh, permanent residents or US citizens, there is a program which is focused in protecting these, these victims of violence. There is another program uh, for the U visa and T visa. U visa are victims of general violence and the T visa are, a, are victims of human trafficking. The T visa is not that common, but I have seen one or two U visa cases. Uh, besides that, I had the chance lately to work with the TPS, Temporary Protected Status, and a lot of people came coming from Venezuela and from Haiti. 
that were eligible for TPS. It's, it's interesting, that's a, that's a status, but it's temporal, and they also had the chance to file for something called TEV, Deferred Enforced Departure. Usually we file for TPS, it's, it's what is more common. And uh, there are also um, refugees and asylum cases in here in the office. I don't see directly the as, uh, like the asylum cases. Nevertheless, um, when they have approval, they, they have the asylum approval, I usually I'm able to help them to adjust status. Uh, there are different ways to adjust status. One is through family members, one is through refugees, asylees, people who, who get a, a U visa. Currently, we are about to get a lot of people uh, looking for asylum from Afghanistan and from Haiti. That's something that we are working right now in the office to looking for grants to help these people that is, are in trouble right now. Eddie, thank you so much for such an important information you are providing us. Also, we would like to know, is there any significant changes in the immigration laws that we should know? Well, the TPS is something that always come and goes and depends on the situation of the countries in which usually TPS are for people who came from countries that are in serious issues. For example, right now, uh, there is TPS uh, for Haitians and uh, from Venezuela. I don't know, I don't know in, in the near future, maybe something from the people of Afghanistan. About immigration changes over the last year, over the end of 2020 and 2019, there was a lot of proposals, but uh, there were changes that were about to enter, but uh, they didn't enter. And that's for the better, so, because there was a proposal about increasing the prices for certain applications, for example, uh, the application of uh, for citizenship, the rule of price uh, right now is seven hundred and twenty-five, and they want to put it about uh, fifteen hundred dollars, which make it really expensive for an individual to apply for a, a citizenship case. And they were thinking of removing the fee waiver, which there is people who actually had like hardship to apply for citizenship, and there is this process in which you can get a fee waiver. They make changes for the fee waiver. Uh, also, uh, I believe at the end of 2019, which make it way harder to fill out the, the fee waiver, but they revert that. They want also to make changes to the citizenship questionnaire, which make it, they aggregate 20 questions more, but the, the thing is they make like a little bit more complicated the question that they were already there, and they also send that back. Finally, there was something uh, what, uh, that it was fully charged. Public charge was about people who want to get their green card, want to adjust status. The U.S. government doesn't didn't want that they want to be a public charge for the for the state. That's understandable, but the problem it was a form that it was kind of really complicated to fill out to show that they won't be a public charge. It was really complicated because the requirements for that form it was uh, kind of complicated for a person who was. Uh, who was about to move from one country to another. For example, I'm a professional, right? And, and I have a law degree and I want to come, but they have, I have to show that I have money in my wallet. But if I'm moving from one country of my, uh, to another, I probably am using that money for the transition. And you have to show like a lot of income. And in the end, the public charges was going to affect a lot of people who want to adjust status. But in the end, they just stay in the whole policy. 
On the other hand, the new administration, they propose like an immigration package. Once there is a change, you will know in the news. And it's really important that all the people who is interested in these immigration changes get close either to a nonprofit organization that has uh, attorneys and uh, create representatives willing to help them or their consulates. Usually the consulates has a whole department focused on informing the people what are their rights. And there are a lot of organizations that works in this program called Know Your Rights. I believe uh, one, uh, one really important here in Philadelphia and around Pennsylvania is something called PIC. PIC is something, something really important for the people who want to spread the word and share the things, uh, share the rights of the people and for the people to just get to know what are the rights and what are the current immigration situation. That's really, really important. Thank you, Eric. That has been very informative. And it seems the immigration department has been very active in the last month. Could you please tell us which are the common mistakes made by the immigrants in their immigration processes? I think there are two big issues. One is doing do it by yourself. I think uh, there is, uh, well, basically the, the, the immigration forms, sometimes it looks straightforward and it seems like something that you can fill out, but the truth is they are really tricky and, and the law is really specific. And before you start filling out something, there are certain questions that they are not even in the forms and you need to be screened for something, for two things called run of admissibility and deportability. You have to check if you are somebody who might be eligible to come to the United States. And that's the most important that you have to review in every case. The other bad thing that happens a lot is to look for help in the wrong places. There is really common that, ah, I have a friend that knows how to do that. Or the misconception that actually there is a warning in all for the all the nonprofits and even uh, if you look for the in the USCIS website, you're going to see that be careful about the notario fraud. Only an attorney or an accredited representative can give you legal advice. Nobody else. I believe that's a really important thing to know. There is nobody who has all the answers. That is like a red flag. Even a like, skillful attorney have like all the like the right answers. It's like, well, I don't know. Certainly I have to review it. I have to check it. I have to double check the law. I have to check certain things because there are certain criteria. I have to check your case. Sometimes, uh, for example, right now there are clients who don't have a lot of information on their own case. And for their own case, you have to make a research. You have to ask the authority information of all the clients, get the right help. I believe that that's the most important thing. Get the right help, get in contact with your consulate or any association that represents your nationals. I work in Catholic Social Service Immigration Legal Services, but this is not the only nonprofit. There are other Catholic Social Services in, in around Philadelphia. Get the chance to know a lawyer or a great representative. Go to a Know Your Rights presentation. If you can Google PIC, P-I-C-C, Pennsylvania Immigration Coalition, there are a lot of resources there. Finally, just try to be informed. Stay away from scammers, stay away from notarios or their forms, certifying your copy of your card or a translation for something. That's the important thing to know. Eric, thank you so much for sharing this valuable information. 
do you mind to explain to us what are the ways to immigrate legally to the United States? That's a wonderful question. I believe uh, there are two point, really important points. In order to come to the United States, you need to be admissible in the United States. Usually, in order to get an admission, you need to get a visa. And that's the most common way to come in the United States. You can have to get admitted. And depending how do you want to come, there are different procedures. There is like the visa lottery, but some people have a relative and that relative can file for them. If there is like, you like a parent, a spouse, or a U.S. citizen, a U.S. citizen brother, or there are also fiance visas if they have a fiance and they know each other and this is the one true love that we want to know other than that there are another visas that i don't have a lot to relate to there are visas for a really specific kind of workers there are a lot of work visas but that's a different kind of process and usually as non-profits we don't look that much into work visas in those particular cases we refer them to attorneys that they are really specialized into that field I will say if you want to go to family immigration, go totally to non-profit. But if you want to immigrate to a work visa, go to a private attorney. Great, Eric. It seems there are many um, alternatives to immigrate legally to this country. And thank you for all the details. Of course, everyone has the particular uh, situations that need specialists to follow their cases. Let's move in with a new question. Why it is important to apply for a citizenship? What are the benefits? That's a great question. I have gone to a lot of citizenship interviews. Actually, it's a great satisfaction to go with a client to a citizenship interview because I believe it's partially the end of a journey because, uh, as I mentioned, there are many ways to obtaining a green card depending the individual. There are a lot of things that you have to think when you apply for citizenship, but I believe the most important thing is to belong. It's a step in which you are able to belong to a new country. The new country is giving you the chance to be one of their citizens. And what I explain to my clients is like, right now there is a process in which I say, tu casa es mi casa, mi casa es tu casa, and say, well, you are welcome. Now this is your home. I adopt you as, as my son. So I believe that's something really important not only for this country for any country that has the chance to invite uh, another person from another country as their citizen i know that not all countries can accept a foreign as a, as a citizen that's something that is not told that much the united states had that thing with that when you become a resident after five years you can apply for citizenship or three years in the case that you are married with a U.S. citizen. I believe it's something magic. It's something with a lot of strength because you actually belong. And that's something to be proud of. And the other part are legal issues. A person with a green card might be able to lose their green card for so many different reasons. And I believe that's another big reason to apply for citizenship. And finally, I think the most important thing is to get involved with the civic acts of the United States. There are certain restrictions and certain rights uh, for non-US citizens in which they cannot participate. Uh, For example, they cannot be elected for a federal position and they cannot vote. And 
when a person is applying for citizenship, what the immigration officer is looking is for a good moral character. That is something that we expect from anybody who visits our home. And to check that actually is not a threat. Beside the legal stuff, I believe belonging is the most important thing when a person is applying for citizenship. Eric, in the past few weeks, I Belong Philly had a campaign to find out the concerns of our audience. Could you please answer some of their questions? It seems like you already elaborated on them previously, but I would like to gather some more thoughts. So the first one will be, can I vote if I have a green card? No, and stay away from that. I believe it's a very common mistake. And overall, there is a lot of people who register to vote, which is also a big problem. If you see anything or anybody or anything, either in on the internet, on the DMV, or in anywhere that says you want to register, you say, no, you are not allowed either to register or vote. That might trigger issues with your immigration status and issues if you want to apply for citizenship after. So stay away from that. If I have a green card, how many months can I be outside of the United States? If you have a green card, immigration law establishes a period of 180 days, which means there are six months. But if they pass 181 days, so more than 180 days, trigger an issue, issue they might assume that you probably interrupt them your permanent residence traveling outside of the united states for more than six months is an issue i would recommend not even more than five months and there is another big issue if you go for more than 12 months the immigration can assume that you not interrupted you abandon your permanent residency i mentioned citizenship your permanent residence so one is interruption of the permanent residence and the other one is abandonment of the permanent residence but you have to talk with an attorney first before taking those kind of trips and if they recommend it that's one of the main reasons sometimes it's better to apply for citizenship so if you travel you don't have any issues thank you so much again for all that information Eric, about au pairs, uh, what are the options that are available for them to, if they decide to stay in the United States, working or studying, what are the programs available for au pairs status? That's a really specific question, and here is my answer, because I think that's a question that might be responded individually, and I believe the best person to respond a question like that is like a private attorney specializes in work visas. Yes, there are a lot of people, uh, not only au pairs, a lot of people who is coming in a work visa and they want to change category and they want to change and um, overall a, there are people who came into a j visa and they wanted to change to an h1b but sometimes these visas have requirements to stay one year outside of the u.s so the best way is to talk that case with a private attorney because in order to change the visa you have to check the possibilities and you, in order to check the possibilities you know you need to know the background of the immigrant and what kind of uh, profession do they have so it's it's a really complicated question and it needs to be addressed by a private attorney unless they have uh, to immigrate through a family visa case in that case they can go to a non-profit eric is there anything else you want to share with our audience Yes, I believe something that I would like to share is like uh, there are a lot of nonprofits in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a city known for being the, the city of brotherly love. I know that a big part of the population of this city is conformed by immigrants. And right now, there are a lot of 
people uh, coming from Afghanistan and they are in need of, of a lot of help. They need immigration legal help, they need housing, they need food, they need diapers. So I think that I would recommend not only if, if you want to support Catholic social services and visual legal services, but any other nonprofit, it's just get in touch with the nonprofits, get involved with the campaigns, uh, get in touch, look how you can help and volunteer to help these people. And also an invitation if, uh, if there are any asylum advocates that also want to volunteer, this is a really good time to volunteer in these kind of cases. If you can help and if you're willing to volunteer or help to all these people, it might be satisfying and it's worth to do it. Other than that, I really appreciate my, your invitation and it's quite an honor to be in this program and I, I am really happy to be invited by the UI, the wrong people. And it's, it's a great honor. What you're doing for me is great. I hope that there are more organizations like that that are moving, that um, try to project the immigrant as an asset and a benefit to the city more than another thing. So thank you very much for having me today. Thank you so much, Eric, for your participation in this podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you for all the information that you provided us today. We know is after your work hour, hours and you are doing your best to help us out and share our mission as well. Thank you. Thank you so much and have a good night. The next segment is called the Small Immigrant Business and is presented by Silvia. Hello, my name is Silvia Roldan. I am from Ecuador. This section was designed to promote small businesses from immigrants that are making big effort to grow up and succeed in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Today, I would like to present FIA or the FIA company founded by Radi Fernandez from Dominican Republic. FIA offered a variety of vegan artisanal hot sauces made with no sugar, additives or preservatives. You can find this product in different stores and groceries in the city. For more information about this product, please visit www.faya.co. Hi, I am Ben and I am going to make a call to action. I Belong Philly is standing in solidarity with our Asian American and Pacific Alino community across the nation and especially in Philadelphia after the attacks on a group of Asian students on a Philadelphia train. Do you want to help and don't know how? There are many ways to find out. Visit some of the organizations that fight against Asian hatred, such as stopaapihate.org or aaunited.org. Visit the description of our podcast to have the links. Thank you so much all for sharing your time and thank you so much, Eric. Thank you to our I Belong friends for listening to us. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Also continue listening to us. If you want to know more about I Belong Philly or participate in the podcast, feel free to write us at ibelongphilly at gmail.com. It was a pleasure to be your host today. Have a great one. My name is Margarita Perez. <music>